0: Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry, on today's episode. Open
1: our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw.
2: We wait that's when we can walk and not grow weary that's when we can run and not grow faint we don't know the beginning from the end but if we are his whatever he does wherever he leads we need to understand it will work out for the greater benefit either here in this world or in the next Whether we understand it or rather we don't understand it at all we rest in him
0: As a follower of Christ, you can be sure that any path he leads you down is going to be for your good and benefit. Today, Pastor David takes you to Acts to show you that even if God's ways don't make perfect sense to you, or even if he says no and shuts the door on something you wanted to do, you can always rest in knowing that he has the best in mind for you. God knows what you need and how to take care of you. Do you trust where he leads you, even if it's not where you really want to go? Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 16 as he continues his message, Disappointment with God.
2: in our 21st century mindset and as perverse as our own culture is, there's still a bit of modesty within the general public right now. A whole lot different than it was with first century Roman empire. First century Roman empire had public bathhouses. First century Roman empire had open latrines and no modesty panels at all. So fairly soon, it would come to the notice of somebody that he was uncircumcised, and once that word got out, again, the problems might come along. Now, you need to understand, Timothy was already saved. His circumcision had nothing to do with his salvation, but it had everything to do with him as a Jew not being a stumbling block for the message of the gospel to other Jews. So now, with the rite of circumcision being taken care of for Timothy, the missionary team moves forward, and with that, so shall we. We'll leave this painful subject in the past, and we'll move on to verse four. I remember years ago, we were talking about circumcision on something, and a young lady in the congregation in her young teen years came up to me right after the service and said, Pastor, what is circumcision? I said, talk to your mother, talk to your mother. Happy Mother's Day, yeah. (laughs) Verse four, as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. This had to be a time of, man, just joy in the Lord, going back to these churches where, again, there had been such a hard time going in and giving, such a pushback, the persecution that was there, and yet people had come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Now they're coming back, they're strengthening these churches, and these churches are now growing daily in the Lord. By and large. They were now moving pretty much through, again, friendly territory, at least familiar territory. They were speaking with friendly crowds as they came to the churches. The churches were being strengthened, but they were also reaching outside of those churches because it says that many were coming to the Lord. The church was growing daily. Now, as we move on, this next portion of scripture actually has a bit of peculiarity about it. It deals with Believing that you have the mind of God moving forward and then your way being blocked, and the Holy Spirit Himself blocking what you believe God is calling you to do. When you honestly commit your way to the Lord, you ask Him to direct your path. Have you ever found times in your life where He actually begins to block your way? He's directing, and then suddenly. Bam, a roadblock, a barricade comes in the way of what you thought that God was leading you toward. Let's look at how the Apostle Paul handled this situation. Look with me beginning in verse six. Now when they, and that's the missionary team, had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were, what does your version say, church? They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia. But what does it say? The spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. First of all, that first region, Phrygia and Galatia, now that's two major regions in the country that we now know of as Turkey, okay? And as Paul and Silas and Timothy began uh, ministering to the churches there, Uh, They're being led by the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt that God had given Paul, or Paul believed that God had given him at least a certain plan of where and when they ought to be going, what they ought to be speaking. Undoubtedly, he had submitted those plans to the Lord. He fully understood, again, the words of the writer of Proverbs, when in Proverbs 16 we read the words that a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps, Because suddenly, the plans that he thought were right were somehow blocked. Somehow and in some way, and Luke doesn't tell us how, but somehow the Holy Spirit brought a blockade against the plans of Paul, not allowing him to do apparently what he felt that God was calling him to do. He wanted to go up into Asia and proclaim the gospel. What a great thing to proclaim the gospel up in that area. But suddenly now the Holy Spirit stopped them from it. Guys, you might think that you have the right plan, that you're following the very mind of God, and then bam, everything falls apart right in front of you, and there's some insurmountable barricade right in front of you that you can't get over or around. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, maybe in your personal life and maybe in areas of ministry. I've had multiple times in my life, both personally and in ministry. And I wish I could tell you that when that happened, when that blockade came, that stop came, that I was able to simply sit back and say, well, Lord, apparently that's not where you wanted me to go. So I'll just kinda hang out till you show me where you wanna go. But more than that, I was actually more like that kid in the grocery store. You know the kid in the grocery store that asks his mom for a piece of candy? And mom says, no, you don't need any candy. It'll rot your teeth out. And you start kicking and screaming and crying and hollering, but I want that candy, I want that candy. And your mom knows better for you. She said, no, you cannot have it. And you keep screaming. That's more like what I was. Wondering why my mom didn't love me enough to give me the candy. Wondering why suddenly God stopped moving in my life and won't let this go the way that I think it ought to go. Have you ever been there? I think probably many of us, if not most of us, have felt God moving in one direction, various and assorted times in our lives, and then suddenly a blockade comes. But here, you need to understand, it's not that what you're wanting to do or the direction that you're going is something bad. No, that's a whole nother issue. No, what I'm talking about is when you feel the Lord is directing you and you begin moving in that direction and suddenly the door slams shut hard and loud. I'm not gonna bore you with all the times that that happened in my life or in the ministry, but I've gotta tell you that every day, I am so glad that the Lord said no with a very hard slammed door in a particular situation and then sovereignly by his hand, he actually led me to the woman that he had chosen for me for my whole life. The woman that I believe since the very foundations of the world, he determined to put in my life as my wife. Now for a season, I thought it was another young woman And I pursued that young woman very hard, and bam, the door was shut in my face, and I had no idea why. But then God, through a series of steps, took me to a place where I would have never have met her, and yet through God's hand, he brought Tot and I together. And those things, those kinds of things. In ministry, there was a situation that happened many years ago in the earlier stages of this ministry. There was a place that I knew that God had provided for us as a ministry, a building where we were a traveling church. We were a church in a box for years and years. We had everything in the trailer and where we met at schools, we met at storefronts, we met at other churches, we met everywhere. But finally, I knew that God was leading us to this particular building and everything was just wonderful. God had given me a vision for this building. Man, we went and uh, got the keys for this building. It was a wide open store and we went and laid out. Man, This is where the auditorium is going to be. Over here is where the nursery is going to be. Right here is where the bathrooms are going to be. I mean, we had it all laid out. And then God slammed the door. The owner of the building says, oh, we don't want a church in our building. What do you mean you don't want a church? And so I started to fight it. I wanted to go to the city and said, how come we can't have a church in that building? That, that, that And you know, I, I tell people the reason that I have so much skin and so little hair on my forehead is because I bang my head on the wall so many times. And the reason it's kind of bald back here is because the Lord just comes up and gently taps me and says, that's not the way. That's not the way I told you. I thought for sure that that was it. And I was so frustrated when that door was slammed. But then by miracle, after miracle, after miracle, God provided this facility for a little bitty congregation that no way in the world could we afford it. And oh, we could go into all the miracles that had to come into play. And it was just absolutely amazing. We'll save that for another message. But guys, it's the idea, it's the understanding that God had a plan and I didn't know what it was yet. He revealed it to me later. How about you? How do you personally deal with life? When you think that you're doing the Lord's will, and then for some reason, somehow, the answer comes back, no. Many times what we look at as no, we don't understand. Maybe the Lord is saying, not yet, because all we see is right now, and it's a loud, loud no. Guys, the way that we deal with that, our response to that, I believe all is a determination of the attitude of our heart and our understanding of who God is. If I really understand the greatness and the majesty of who God is, the reality of his love for us, individual, singular, how he loves us, how he cares, how he has a particular plan for each one of us in our life. If I realize the greatness of God and I bring myself back down to understand he has a plan and purpose, then I can rest in his nose. I can find comfort in those, not right now, but more often than not, my flesh takes over. We get frustrated. Some of you have, perchance, uh, uh, read books by Philip Yancey, great, great writer of our times right now. Uh, He has written in a book called Disappointment with God, and he speaks about the fact that today, what we see today really can't be compared to that majestic overall plan of what God's design is. He writes these words, he says, no matter how we rationalize, God will sometimes seem unfair from the perspective of a person trapped in time. Only at the end of time, after we have attained God's level of viewing, in other words, now we can see the whole picture, after every evil has been punished or forgiven and every illness healed, the entire universe being restored, only then will fairness reign. He writes, not until history has run its course will we understand how all things work together for good. Catch this, he says, faith means believing in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Isn't hindsight wonderful? It's in hindsight that we can see the hand of God through times that have been difficult, through times that have been absolutely, you know, a struggle, uncomprehensible of what God is doing. How in the world could he allow this to happen? And then later on down the road, we can look back and we can see, you know what? His hand was really in that situation. I don't understand it now, but by and by, we'll understand it all. What we all need to see and what I feel the apostle Paul found out early on in his walk walk in his ministry is that when God doesn't act when and how we think he ought to act, it's not because he can't and it's not because he won't do a particular thing, but rather it's because he has already purposed, he's already designed in his great plan not to do it or not to do it Right now, And guys, that's difficult for our little finite minds to wrap around, particularly when it goes against what we thought ought to happen, where we thought the Lord was leading us. But that's just the problem. Our minds, our, particularly all of our experiences, guys, they're finite. They're limited, while God in his greatness He's infinite, he's eternal, and he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows the end from the beginning and all that's in between. Because of that, I can rest in him. Because of that, I can wait upon him. When things don't go the way of my limited understanding, I can trust in him. And guys, we must still trust in the reality that he is God over all of his creation. We must still wait patiently for his answer to come. We must maintain that strength by his spirit to prevail and to wait for the spirit of the Lord. And as we wait, what does the word tell us? He'll renew our strength. It's when we wait, that's when we mount up with wings like eagles. When we wait, that's when we can walk and not grow weary. That's when we can run and not grow faint. We don't know the beginning from the end. But if we are his, whatever he does, wherever he leads, we need to understand it will work out for the greater benefit, either here in this world or in the next, whether we understand it or whether we don't understand it at all. We rest in him. William's life was a mixture of disappointments and blessings, some things that seemed to be even curses within his life. His father was a pastor, and actually William's relationship with Christ began at an early age, but he was only one of only two surviving children of a total of seven And when he was six, as his mother was giving birth to his only brother that survived along with him, his mother passed away. He had to deal with those issues. And that was only really the beginning of a life that was filled with disappointments and catastrophes. As a youngster, he he jumped from school to school to school. And yet even in the midst of that, because he was an intelligent young man, he actually developed this great love for reading as well as for writing. We look at his life and as he continued to grow and as he continued to, again, experience life in all of its fullness and all of the frustrations that was going on in his life, as he developed that desire for writing, he actually went into the study of law. And as he was studying law, he would spend his free time at an uncle's house. And there at his uncle's house, he had a lovely first cousin and he fell in love with his first cousin. Well, when his uncle realized that relationship was going on, then he stopped that relationship as he should have as first cousins. He banned him to come back from the house. Well, that plunged William into this deep, severe depression. While he was still a young man, he was offered a well-paying job with the government. But during the interview, time going through his interviews there, suddenly he had a mental breakdown right in the middle of the interview process. And once again, he was plunged into deep depression. Actually, he was diagnosed with insanity at that time, even to the point of trying on three separate occasions to commit suicide. But then through a strange turn of events, something that wasn't in his hands, but truly by the sovereign work and will of God, He became friend of a man by the name of John Newton. John Newton had been a former slave trader who had turned to Christ, and Newton was now a devoted pastor. It was also Newton that wrote the hymn, Amazing Grace. Well, William himself, though uh, all that had gone on through the encouragement of Newton, he actually continued writing, continued writing poems and even hymns. A short while later, he once again had this emotional breakdown. He imagined himself that he was eternally condemned to hell and that God was calling for him to take his own life. That's how severe his mental depression, his emotional anxieties were. Through that, Newton and other pastors and friends walked him through that journey. And shortly after his recovery in that episode, in the late 1700s, William, William Cowper, took pen in hand and wrote these very deep and meaningful words. I want you to listen to these words of William Cowper. For some of you, they'll be very familiar. He writes, God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and he rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill he treasures up his bright designs and he works his sovereign will. O oh, you fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. Oh, the bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. Are you sometimes disappointed with God? Sometimes at your wit's end of what God is doing in your life. We need to stand with the Apostle Paul and with the saints through the ages. For the Apostle Paul, do you realize that later on, guided by the Holy Spirit, he actually went into Asia, began the church in Ephesus. He actually went to Bithynia, began the church there. The Lord used him powerful. So the answer was not so much of a no as a not now, not yet. And it's Paul It seems as though he's echoing the words of Job as he writes just this words of praise and admiration for the Lord in the book of Romans chapter 11 when he writes, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. For who has known the mind of God or who has become his counselor? Or who is first given to him and shall be repaid him. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Writer of Proverbs declares, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor David today as we study the book of Acts on the Open Word. Though our program has come to an end today, your time in God's Word can continue. It could be beneficial to go back and study today's passage in Acts on your own and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you read. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor David, you'll find them at theopenword.com. We'd love to meet you too. If you're in the Casa Grande area, please join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. For directions and service times, give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Now let's turn it back over to Pastor David for a quick request for you, our listener.
2: Thanks, Chris. You know, as this ministry continues to grow and reach further into the community and around the nation with the message of the gospel, I know the enemy wants to stop it. I also know that prayer is a big part of holding him back. Would you take time to pray for us every time you tune in to The Open Word? Pray too for our listeners, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and those who may have yet to place their faith in Jesus. This last category especially needs prayer. It could be that the next message you hear may be the first time they're learning about the hope that's only found in Jesus. Please pray that their hearts would be open and that they'd make a decision to follow Jesus forever. Hey, thanks for praying, and thank you for being a loyal listener to the open word.